let's give the Lord praise for Elder Neal. Come on, let's give praise to Jesus for Elder Neal. You're going to be hearing, you're going to be hearing more from him. Amen. Why don't you give the person next to you a hug? Amen. And then the person behind you, I want you to do something different. Excuse me, I'll give you something that's different. Hold on, hold on. The person behind you, I want you to say to them, one day you will look good as I. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't she beautiful? Oh, yeah. Isn't she beautiful? Praise God. All right. Keep on shaking. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Make me think about that movie. There's a God out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Ellen Dill said it right. I do like to have fun, and um, and um, I like to laugh. Praise, praise God, Amen. And so, uh, but anyway, yeah, we do make each other laugh. I have to make sure I'm not sitting next to Ellen Neal so I don't get in trouble. And uh, <laughs> mainly because we end up laughing. Praise God. But um, but anyway, one of the things I want to say before we start. Uh, that was uh, a real anointed offering this morning. And there were a couple of things the Lord put in my heart uh, while the offering was being released and as the testimony was being shared. And first, the one thing the Lord said to me, go, some of you need to go for something that you have not done before. Some of you need to go for something you have not done before. Something that's bigger than what you have done before. It's in the realm of your abilities, but it's bigger than what you have done before. Some of you need to look for opportunities and for your next job regarding something you haven't done before. Something that's bigger than you are. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. And then the Lord said, look, make sure you look to God and not to the channel of your blessing. Brother John, in the midst of everything that he went through, he looked to God as his source, he and Laura, and not to the channel from which the blessing flows and so often we look to the channel and not to the source there are some times that are coming and there's another reset that's coming but what God is about to do and what he's orchestrating in this season is that he's opening doors for the prepared. And some of you need to ready yourself for promotion. Some of you need to get your resume fixed. Some of you need to work on your interview skills. Some of you need to assess. Answer this question. What does promotion from God look like to me right now? Where could God promote you to? Where can God promote you? How can God promote you? Write that down right now. What does promotion look like? What, what does it look like if you were promoted?
And the last thing, what do you have in your hands that God can multiply? What do you have in your hands that God can multiply? Answer that question. Because that question is the secret to your future. What do you have in your possession? What, do, what skills? What abilities? What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your mind and your imagination that God can multiply? And then the question, the next question, you have to ask yourself, why haven't I done something about multiplying what he has shown me now? Some of you need to prepare yourself for change because often your promotion involves change. Some of you, your upgrade regards change. Some of you, you're going to have to change the way you dress. Some of you are going to have to change the way you talk. Something, some, some of you are going to have to change what you know, change what you studied, change who you're connected to. Because my God wants to promote his people. Amen. Those who serve him. And if you believe that, give the Lord praise this morning. Come on, give Jesus praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise this morning. Amen, amen, amen. We're in a good season. How many of you wrote something down? of what God can multiply. What can he multiply? What, what do you have in your hands? What does promotion look like for you right now? What can you do to prepare for that promotion? What habits must you develop or cultivate that will, that will support the change you need to make? Those are big questions. But the answer to those questions and the applications revolve, um, uh, evolving around those questions will set your pace for the future. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. I just feel like saying it one more time. Go for something larger than what you are doing right now. Go for something larger. Train for something larger than what you are doing right now. And don't be surprised what God will do for you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, Elder Neal said it correctly. Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn, man, they had a great family reunion. Amen, amen. Man, and so they went from the, uh, from the family reunion and now Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn, Pastor Tiffany, Pastor Chris, Pastor Tiffany and Frederick, Pastor Chris and Toria, and then Bishop Johnson was surprised. Matthew Johnson flew in. And, and that was like the icing on the cake, the, the best Father's Day that could be given to Bishop Johnson was to see his youngest son. Amen, amen. And they did it without Bishop Johnson knowing. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. So I'm saying this because many of you have been praying and interceding for the family reunion and now for their vacation. I 
was talking to Bishop Jones. I'm going to tell you what he said. I talked about it in the men's class. Amen. What happens in the men's class stays in the men's class. <laughs> I can't talk about that in here. Amen. The ladies in here will shoot me. Praise God. Got a point. <laughs> but anyway, um, we want to ask you to continue your intercession for Bishop Johnson. Next week, Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn, and their family, Pastor Tiffany, Pastor Chris, Toria, Frederick, will all be here. Next week, uh, next Sunday, July the 2nd, we celebrate our communion service. And so we want you to be prepared. We want you to come out and be a part of that time. We're going to open the gates of summer with a holy communion unto the Lord. Amen. And so we want to invite you to come out, bring your friends. And we believe at Metro, the miraculous happens at the table of the Lord. Also, we have a couple of announcements. Man, we had a wonderful start with pre-detox yesterday. Praise God. We had a couple of, come on, give the Lord praise for it. Amen. We had a couple of technical difficulties, but we overcome them. Amen. And, um, and, but it was the fellowship that was touching to me and, and people uh, introducing their friends and man, that was just powerful, man. And uh, to see everyone's guests and to hear from everybody, man. And, and so I have some good news for you. Those of you, um, you were asking the question, when will the recordings be available? They're available now. And you just go to your app, and then you can meet with those who were not able to attend pre-detox yesterday. You could actually look on with them together. Praise God. And um, that's available for you right now. Also, we have a night of worship coming on July the 7th. Say July the 7th. All of our praying, all of our fasting is going to culminate on that night. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to invite your friends your neighbors, come on saints, for a time in the presence of the Lord, we're going to worship him and allow his Shekinah presence to come among us. And there is a distinctive anointing that rests upon this church. And that anointing is an atmosphere of family and togetherness. And we're going to see that heighten. And we're going to see people healed. We're going to see deliverance take place. Man, we're going to see God lifting heavy burdens. We're going to, see, we're going to experience the Lord healing broken hearts. And so that night, that night, some of you have been praying for some people for the last 30 days. That night, you want to invite them on July, on July the 7th. And fight. We're, we are involved in another fast right now. Man, and that fast actually started uh, yesterday, but anyway, but, uh, but for many of you, it will start tomorrow. And, and, and it starts, it's really intermittent fasting. Um, um, 12 noons, you eat between 12 noon and 8 p.m. Say 12 noon and 8 p.m. So don't ask me no other questions. Can we do that now? To say 12 noon <laughs> and 8 p.m. Praise God. And so uh, um, it's going to be a great time. And we'll, we'll talk to you about what type of prayer support we're going to uh, use to undergird that. Also, also on July the 8th, we have our new members class. A new members class, those of you who would like to become a part of Metro City Church, those of you who have friends who would like to become a part of Metro City Church, those of you who are online right now looking at us and you want to become a part of Metro City Church, you can actually go to our apps and indicate you would like to become a member 
of Metro City Church. We welcome you. Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn, they welcome you. Praise God. Amen. And then on July the 21st through July the 23rd, we have our detox. And so the month of July is filled with, with, with junctures and points of references for the presence of God to move mightily in our lives. Amen? Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise one more time. Amen. Man, I, I am so tempted to share a joke, but I'm not going to do it because of... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. In fact, my wife came up with a joke. Jane Crawford. Now, y'all need to know my wife is, some of y'all don't know this, but my wife, if she had a second job, it would be a comedian. And uh, I, I'm, I'm serious about that. She can... Uh, you know what you call the people that can uh, imitate people? Hmm? An impression. Oh, Jane is one of the best. In fact, y'all need to use her for that in the women's encounter. But anyway. And so, anyway. Man, it gets real bad when she starts imitating me. Amen. But anyway, I'm trying to see if I can find her joke. Amen. I, I, I. I was actually looking at it, and, um, okay, hold up, mm-hmm, there we go, I found it, okay, so we're just, I'm just sharing one today, what's up, Ricardo, it's Ricardo, right, great, yeah, good to see you, all right, uh, how do you know it's okay to eat your Bible? How do you know it's okay to eat your Bible? Now, this, this, this joke came from Jane. <laughs> so, so, hmm? Because God says he desires truth in your inward parts. so anyway what may end up happening we may start a family business of of jokes come on oh man praise God well anyway um, man just love being at Metro. How many of you love your church? Yeah. Say, I love my church. Come on, yeah, yeah. Um, man, we had a great time yesterday um, celebrating uh, uh, London Presley uh, graduation. It was a great time of fellowship. Uh, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for your anointing. That's, Lord, nothing changes without your presence. Not one word out of my mouth can bring forth a change. Only what comes from you, Lord, can bring change and transformation. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Father, we gratefully receive the word of the Lord from our bishop regarding family. And we ask you today, Lord, that you would speak to us. We thank you, Lord, that you would open up our ears to hear. And in Jesus' name, I take authority over every demonic power that's sent to hinder, that's sent to deafen the ears to hear. We take authority in Jesus' name. And we loose the presence of God among us. And we thank you, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your grace being released among us. 
And we thank you, Lord, for granting utterance in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I actually came up with three titles for this message. And uh, I need just a drink of water here. Um, the three message, the three, not, not three messages, but three titles. One was opening the gates of heaven over your children, grandchildren. Another one, thank you, thank you, babe. Um, another one would be opening the floodgates of blessing over your family. Another one would be reversing generational catastrophes. In this season, Bishop Johnson has given us the theme, family under fire, family being attacked, and then family on fire. Come on, saints. Come on. Family under fire and family on fire. In fact, you got to come back next Sunday because Bishop Johnson starts another series under this, this theme about family. Next Sunday, he starts another, another series under the banner of family under fire and family on fire. One of the things that the Lord has spoken through Bishop Johnson, and I'm an avid researcher, I'm an avid reader, and the word that God gave Bishop Johnson about the Lord saving our households, the Lord used Bishop Johnson to release that word in 2022. And now, on the lips of every apostolic gift on the lips of every prophetic gift, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, you're hearing the word regarding family. God wants to save our families. God wants to save our sisters and brothers. God wants to save our parents. And God wants to save our children. If you believe that, give the Lord praise. So I was completely undone, excuse me. I was completely undone by this. That in the Bible, in Zechariah, not, there's no book of the Bible called uh, Zacharias. No, Zacchaeus. I was getting ready to say Zacchaeus, but. Uh, Luke, there is a book called Zechariah, but, um, but Zacchaeus, the Bible says Zacchaeus and his, his whole household, Jesus came to visit him and his whole household in Luke, the 19th chapter, the ninth verse. I'm, I'm always looking for proof. If, if, if the word of the Lord is that God wants to save our whole households, then what's the scriptural proof that God wants to save our whole families. What does your whole household look like? Your household is bigger than the people that's living in your house. Your household includes mama them, dad them, aunts and uncles and cousins. Then we find another scripture in, in John the fourth chapter, the fourth or third verse, it says, Jesus healed the nobleman's son, resulting in his whole household being saved, John 4, 43. And then we, we've actually went through this in Acts the 10th chapter, the first verse, second verse, in Acts the 11th chapter, the 14th verse, God saved the entire household of Cornelius. My God. So we see right now we have three scriptures to back it up that God will he can save and will save your whole household. What does your whole household look like? And then we find, oh my God, one more. In Acts the 16th chapter, the 15th verse, 
it says that Lydia, who was a businesswoman, say businesswoman. Man, she was wealthy and she had money. But the Bible says God saved her and her whole household. Come on, saints. And then in that same chapter, Acts the 16th chapter, the 31st verse, it says that God saved the jailer and his entire household. Acts the 16th chapter, the 31st verse. So how many does that make? One, two, three, four, five. And then number six, God saved the household of Crispus. Acts the 18th chapter, the 8th verse. So I believe we have scriptural proof that God wants to save our whole households. If he did it for them, he can do it for us. Now, if you believe that, come on, stand up and give the Lord praise. Stand up and give him praise for that. Stand up and give him praise. Hallelujah. Stand up and give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, our whole households. Thank you, Lord. We bless you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We're not going to tell you, God, how to do it. We're just going to release our faith and make declarations. I'm going to share something I believe that could possibly help us in the process. I've made an observation over the years. Bishop Johnson, I never forget one day, Bishop, you know, man, if I'm somewhere in the building, but when, when Bishop Johnson makes the benediction, I find my way in here because how many of you have, have um, but anyway, I find my way into the congregation because something happens. The atmosphere shifts as the leader over this congregation speak a blessing over the house. I remember one day, Bishop Johnson was granting and speaking blessing over the house. And I saw this sticky substance come from heaven over everybody. And the Lord spoke to me and said that was the favor of God that was being released because of the declaration. And then on another occasion, Bishop Johnson, as he often does share about his family. And he shared, he said, every night he would go to his children's room and he would lay his hands on them and speak a blessing. I don't want to mispronounce your name. How to say your first name? Behind me. Yes, sir. Hmm? Ulysses, I just want to say this. What I'm talking about today is so important for you to do. To lay your hands and speak the blessing of God over your children. Every night, God has vested you with authority to bless the seed he has given you and your bride. Amen. Oh, my God, man. Together, think about this. Lionel and Faith, they're walking with God. Now, Part of their household, their children and son-in-law walking with God. Come on, y'all got to see this thing. Oh, man, we can move on. But, but Bishop Johnson says, speak blessing over your children. And then I remember one day, 
Larry McDonald was prophesying to me, and he said to me, he said, for me, regarding Walter, he said, at each birthday of Walter, you are to give the word of the Lord to him. You are to bless him. Bless him on that, on his birthday. And I have pictures of occasions where he stood with his head and my hands was on him speaking the blessing of the Lord over him. I've seen the atmosphere in this church change when blessings are decreed and, and, and declared. So what is blessing? Blessing is imparting to the heart of another person what God says about them. Cursing is imparting to the heart of another person what the devil says about them. God the Father said this about his son. God believes in this thing called blessing. So much so, when Je- right before Jesus entered into ministry, at Jesus' baptism, he says, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Lord, have mercy. He spoke that affirmation over his son. If Jesus needed that affirmation from his father, how much more do we need that affirmation from our earthly fathers and our heavenly father? (sighs) Blessing is God's mechanism of imparting identity and destiny to every person. Cursing is Satan's mechanism of impartation to to identity and destiny. So what is identity? Identity is answering the question, who am I? Am I valuable? Was I made on purpose? Am I loved? Am I accepted? Destiny is answering the question, why am I here? What is my purpose? And so when we make, when we speak blessing, we're speaking, it's a way to speak blessing over the person's identity and their destiny. So it's possible to speak cursing. How how does it how does cursing sound? What, 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 how, what would be the description of cursing a person's identity? You're ugly. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're crazy. How can, how, how can you curse a child's purpose? You will never go nowhere. You will be like your dad. You're no good. College will never accept you. You don't have any gifts. You're going to go to jail like the rest of your family. That's cursing the identity. And that's cursing, that's cursing the purpose. And the other is cursing the identity. Now, this is so important. Because some of us in this room think, this thing, what we're talking about, some of you in this room think that you are a mistake because you're Parents said that or someone you respected said that you were a mistake or you heard the story surrounding your birth. Your mama got with somebody and she don't even know who your daddy is. And, and, and uh, well, you, you can be anybody's son. You were a mistake. You were not meant to be here. But you know something? That is a flat lie. It's a flat lie. If you were conceived during a one-night stand of multiple partners, your mother carried you in her womb for nine months, but God carried you in his heart for eternity. Lord, have mercy. Oh, my God. 
She carried you for nine months, but God carried you in his heart from eternity. You are here on purpose. The act that got you here may have been sinful, but your conception was well intentional by God. What we're talking about today is so important. Right now, a thousand demons were slayed right now over there because some of you have thought that you're a mistake and you're not a mistake. The Bible says that God created you for good works. He, in fact, he prepared your callings before you were placed inside of your mother's womb. So if he prepared your callings before he placed you in your mother's womb, Lord, have mercy. Who am I to say different regarding his intentions, regarding his purpose, his gifts, his callings in our lives? God's, your calling was predated before you were in your mother's womb. Okay. This is why this detox is so important. Because some of us have been receiving this message that we're a mistake, you're a mistake, you're flawed. God do all things well. God do all things well. He works all things after the counsel of his will. All things are subject to him. The day will come where everything in heaven and on earth and underneath the earth will bow at his presence. In fact, he's creating right now a new heavens and a new earth. A new heaven and a new earth. Oh my God, the scripture talks about new Jerusalem coming down. Man, you cannot measure your worth by what has happened to you. God, Lord have mercy. In Jewish families, they call it Shabbat. Every Friday... The father, who's the head of the household, while the children sit at the table or during dinner, the father would, every Friday, he would have the mother stand. No, she doesn't have to stand, but he would, he would go to the mother and say, you are blessed above all women. The hand of God is upon you, and he has blessed your womb, and what has come from you will bless the earth. You are the better part of me. You are the, you, you're the superior wisdom that God has blessed my life with. You are flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And so the father, he didn't go to the children first. He went to the wife and blessed her every Every Friday spoke words that affirmed her in the eyes of the family. And then the father would would, um, go to each child and he would speak what he perceived to be God's purpose and God's blessing over each child. It was not a moment to it was not a moment to chastise. It was not a moment to correct. It was a moment of affirmation. It was a moment to impart the unconditional love of God. And he would simply speak. And then after he spoke, then the mother, come on, the mother would then go. And then she would speak the destiny. The blessing. So it was, it was father and mother speaking blessing every Friday night. My God, my God. You got to think about this. After hearing that kind of affirmation every week, all the days of your life, Lord have mercy. 
what would your life look like? My God. Now, there are specific times. There are specific times in our lives. This is important what I'm about to say. There are specific times in our lives that we are supposed to be blessed. And the Lord says, you're not late. God says you have not missed his timing. You are right on time. The Lord says, I I save the best wine for last. And the Lord says he's working his purposes in your life. The Lord says time for you to, to, to defeat every negative thought that has come into your head regarding your destiny. And the Lord says that he's going to begin to open your eyes to a brighter future. And the Lord says he's going to begin to fill your hands with good things. And the Lord says you're going to sing your way to your next promotion. As David surrounded himself with songs of deliverance, you're going to surround yourself with songs that speaks of his goodness over your life. And you're going to prophesy by song his destiny over your life. The Lord says you're going to praise your way until the next level. You're going to praise your way to the next level. You're going to praise your way to the next level. And the Lord says, I'm going to begin to open your eyes and you're going to begin to see what others have seen. You're going to see into the heavenly realm and you're going to sing out of that dimension. The Lord says, you are not late. You are not late. You are not flawed. And you are loved and you are wanted. So anyway, there there are points, man, this, this, really impacted me. There are defined times, there are times in our lives that we're supposed to receive blessing. We're supposed to receive blessing at conception. And the question we are asking ourselves at conception, am I wanted, am I welcome into the family? What were you, bur- were you blessed or cursed at conception? And then once you're conceived while you're in your mother's womb, the question that you're at your spirit, your heart is asking, am I accepted? Do I belong here? And then the time of birth is another time that words of blessing should be spoken. Am I what you expected? Am I okay? Am I the sex Do you accept my sex, my gender? That's a time of critical blessing from parents. The time of conception. The time of in the womb of blessing. What was spoken over you while you were in your mother's womb? What have you spoken over your children while they were in your womb? That, That time is a time of blessing. Early childhood. The child's heart is asking, is there anyone I can trust to meet my needs? Who truly loves me? Who truly cares about me? And then at puberty, do I have what it takes to be a man or a woman? Am I adequate to fulfill my calling as an adult? And then marriage is an important place of blessing. Am I lovable? It is so appropriate what Bishop Johnson does at every wedding. Every wedding at Metro begins with 
a time of blessing where the parents bless their children. And this is supposed to happen. The parents blessing, speaking blessing over their children. Man, this, that's divine order. My God. And then the last season of blessing is a blessing at old age. When the children bless their parents. Proverbs 31, 48. Because the critical question that parents at old age, they're asking, am I needed? Have I really accomplished anything of significance? One of the ways to bless parents at old age is to, is to, to make a tribute to your parents. And I've seen this happen over and over. Man. I know some of you probably taking note what happened in your life during these seasons. And as I take, as I've taken inventory before, many times before, I I came up liking in that area. I'm not like the rest of you. you. You probably had every mark checked, blessing, blessing. I received blessing on each area. I didn't have blessing in each area. Amen. I, In fact, fact, I know I I was not expected to be conceived. I found out I had an older brother who was given away because my mother had a child earlier. The question, the jury is out, you know, was I supposed to be given away? What was spoken over my life during that time? You got to think about this. And so what happens if... Cursing has taken place has taken place in these critical junctures of our life. And you have to understand, our parents did the best they knew how. I have no anger. I'm not upset whatsoever. But I do know that there were deficits in my life because at those critical moments, many of them, there was no blessing. It was nothing but cursing. It was interesting how the blessing, the blessing, I'm trying to make sure I get those children right. Jacob stole the blessing from Esau. And Esau cried, bless me, bless me, to his dad. Even bless me. And some of us, man, we've been crying out. Like that, we've been crying out like Esau, bless me, bless me. Some of us, your heart has been crying out for that type of affirmation all your life. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Some of us, man, this is when it gets really critical. Some of us were born in the families. Some of us were born in situations where control and shame was the way you you lived. Shame-based homes are curse-based homes. And many times parents carry shame from their parents and they end up shaming their children. When, 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 families, when, when families are curse-based and, and curse-based, number one of the signs, there is a rule maker and the rule maker is always right. Come up in the house, wait. You, uh, the the uh, shame-based household is where everything is controlled. Your behavior, your feelings, your circumstance. In a curse-based home, the parent says, I am always right. I must always be right. I do everything right, and you are subject to that. And many times when, when things get out of control in a person's life who is a controller, they will then take out their anger on the children. Take out their frustration on the children. And so what happens in shame-based homes, everything that happens in our house, it's a secret. You don't share our family business on the outside. 
And the only reason you don't share the family business on the outside, because what was happening in the house was so hideous, so ugly, so toxic, so wrong. You don't share our business outside. And in that secrecy is darkness. So you grow up learning how to deny. So people ask you, you grow up learning how to deny. You, you learn how to live a life of denial. You become an expert at it. You become an expert at stuffing your feelings. Stuffing everything down. Keeping everything down. You know something? When you stuff your trauma, when you stuff your fears, when you stuff your problems, guess what? It tries to come back up. Sometimes it comes back up in hideous dreams, and sometimes it comes up where your soul begins to develop cravings for counterfeit affections, things that shouldn't be in your life, but your soul begins to reach out for something to soothe the pain that you've been denying that exists on the inside. Okay. This particular detox is important. Because God wants to shift some things in our lives. So that he can shift things in the rest of our family. You know, in a shame-based family, parents never acknowledge a mistake or never make themselves vulnerable. When you live in a shame-based household, when I do my best, it's not enough. Whatever accomplishment I make, it's not enough. But I want to say this. Whatever, you, you, you write this down, whatever you did not receive from your parents, you can receive from God the Father. Whatever you did not receive in your upbringing, you can receive from the Lord. That's, what I, that's why I love this about the detox. Because it's a place where you voluntarily place yourself on the table and you're asking God to do surgery in your heart. And sometimes people go through a detox and they don't get too much from it because they do not allow the stuff that they have stuffed inside to come up. And it's trying to come up. It's trying to come up. Yeah. And you know something? When you get married and when you don't have that, when, when, when that stuff ain't taken care of, when you, so what happens? When you get married, it comes up. Oh, my God. Marriage will bring it up, man. Marriage will it, it, it'll make it come up like vomit. It, it, it literally, you, it, it, it has to come up because the pressure of marriage will demand some things from you. <coughs> Oh, man, I, let me get off this. Oh, it, 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 it's it, everything that you ran from, everything you deny, it will show its face in marriage. It will show its ugly face. It will cause all the selfishness inside of you to come to the surface. Man, and then the thing about it, it will make you Point your finger at the other person and never consider what's wrong in your own self. You, you live with the focus that the other person is wrong. And the lie of the enemies that make you look at the other person, but you never look at yourself. You're trying to take, you're trying to take the splinter out of the other person's eye without taking the beam out of your eye. You can't take the splinter out of the other person's eye if you have a beam in your eye. 
The detox is one of those places where you can start working on that beam that's in your eye. I remember I had some big beams. You know, you know something? The, the worst thing you can do in a marriage is if, if your husband is to look to your wife to give you what your mama did not give you. She cannot give you what mama did not give you. She was not designed to do that. And if you're trying to get affirmation from her that you should have gotten from your mother and you're trying to get that from her, it creates a frustration in you because she can't give it. And it, cre- it creates a frustration in her. She can't give it. And it creates a frustration in you because she can't give it. And it's the same thing with that. It's the same thing if the wife is looking for her husband to give her what her Father did not give her. He is not to be your daddy. He's to be your husband. Man, in the detox, this is when you have critical conversations with God so that he can begin this work of healing. I've been married for 38 years. Now, my wife and I, we were lying. We were telling people we had been married for 39 years. Man, and then somebody corrected us. <laughs> now, it wasn't Jane. It was me. I gave her the count. <laughs> oh, my God, man. But anyway, I'm trying to close this up. I believe the Lord, the key for us in this detox is that we become like Jochebed. Jochebed was the mother, she was the mother of Moses. Her name means God is glory. Her name means honor of God. Jochebed was given the calling to birth a deliverer. In her womb, she carried the answers to the dilemmas of a whole nation. This thing blessed me because the Lord singled her out to carry a deliverer that would change the face of the earth. You know something? When the spirit of God moves on one person in the family, he plans to move in the entire family. Will you let the spirit of God move upon you so that he can work his plans to move in your entire family? The scripture says, by faith, and I think it's Hebrews 11 chapter, I think it's the second verse. I may be wrong. But it, no, 23rd, 23rd, 22nd verse. But it says that um, Jochebed and her husband, by faith, when they were trying to kill Moses while he was a baby, they issued a, a edict to kill all the male children who were two years old or younger, which resulted in two million boys being killed. And Jochebed, wisdom came to her. I'm going to create an ark for him. I'm going to make it out of tar. And I'm going to hide him in the bushes in the water. Lord, have mercy, man. And she did that because she was able, she looked at the child, the scripture says, and she saw that the child was proper. She saw that the child was gifted. She saw that there was something different about that child. How many of you can say that about your children? You see something different about your child. You see the hand of God on your child. You see, you see something different. You see purpose. You see, see that God wants to do something there. And so she saw that on that child. So she, she created this ark. And the scripture says, after 90 days, after three months, she could no longer hide the child. And so she let the child go. 
under the guidance of Miriam. And Pharaoh's daughter saw that baby going down the Nile. Oh, my God. She picked that baby up and made it her own. And found out that Jochebed was the, was the mother, true mother of Moses. And she allowed the mother to nurse the baby. And she released that child to Pharaoh's daughter. Lord, have mercy. I believe this morning, the way we want to end this, The way we want to end this, the Lord is asking for those of you who have children, those of you who have children, mother and father, will you be a joker bed? Will you build an ark for your child by allowing God to heal your heart. Your children may be adult children. They may be, they may be adult children. They may be, um, they, they may be young. But will you be like Jochebed? Discern that your children are special and that there's a design on their lives. Will you make an ark for your child? By first of all saying, God, I need you to change some things inside of me. I need you to do some things in my heart. I, I need you to reverse some things that, that were, were done. There were some things I've stuffed deep down on the inside that I need to bring before you. There's some things that need to be healed in my life so that, so that what you intended for my children can come forth. And some of you don't have children right now. And, and literally, you can still be a joker bed because you have sisters and brothers who have not come to the Lord. You have sisters and brothers who have big backslid. And there's been something over your family. And by you allowing the Lord to deal with you, to break that switch over your family so that the move of God may come into your household. In some of our families, man, there's some, there's some skeletons in that closet. Stephen Wonder came out with that song, Skeletons in the Closet. Oh, my God, man. And that's for some of us, that we got some skeletons. And them skeletons have been trying to come out. And those skeletons, when they come out, they come out like, they come out like alcohol. They come out like uh, marijuana. They come out like inordinate uh, relationships. They, it, they, they, those, those skeletons trying to come out. You, you trying to medicate your own pain. It, com- it comes out with addictions. It comes out with making crazy decisions. It comes out... It comes out in terms of not being able to hold a job, not being able to have enough confidence to move forward in your life. And God wants to heal that. He wants to heal that. So this morning, I want to ask those of you who are present and even those of you who are online this morning, Fathers and mothers, how many of you will be a joker bed and say, I will build an ark for my children by first of all allowing you to heal my life. The parts of my life that were not blessed. The parts of my life that were not blessed but cursed. And because I've never dealt with that, I find myself cursing my children in the areas that you just mentioned. I want to change all that. If you are, if you are among those, it, now, see, the scripture says Jochebed was courageous. It takes courage. You know, the greatest thing is not to do nothing. That's, that's the coward way. But courage says, I recognize the issues and I'm going to take responsibility. As far as I'm concerned, me and my house are going to serve the Lord. And single parents, I'm going to say something. Don't you, don't you count yourself out. The Bible says that Timothy, Tim, the Bible talks about Timothy's mother and grandmother. He was raised by them. I don't know what happened to Timothy's grand, grandparents, but 
His, I don't know what happened to Timothy's grandfather or father, but the Bible talks about him inheriting his faith from his mother and his grandmother. And that eventually the apostolic mantle that was on Paul came upon Timothy. My God. Come now, those of you who know the Lord is speaking to you about the changes that need to be made in your lives. Come now, I just want to open this up right now. In Jesus' name, I want to build an ark for my family. I want to build an ark for my children. I want to deal with the stuff. I'm tired of stuffing. I'm tired of just living with just stuffing things inside of me. I I want to be set free. I'm, I'm tired of going around in circles. I'm finally ready to deal with the skeletons in my family closet I'm finally at a place in my life where I want to experience change I'm at a place Lord where I'm just completely yielded to you Lord Lord, when I look at my family Lord it's a mess but Lord today I come to you today Lord I need you to fix this mess Every time I put my hands on it, Lord, it it gets worse and worse. But Lord, I I come to you today because I heard the word that God wants to save me and my whole household. I come to you today, Lord, because I, I saw what you did with the single parent, the single parents of Timothy. It wasn't the other apostles who inherited Paul's mantle. It was a single parent child who inherited the faith of his mother, grandmother, who took on the mantle of Paul and, and, and pastored the largest church in Asia. Don't count your children out. Don't count your children out. Stop looking down on yourself because you're a single parent. Start looking up because you may have a Paul. You may have a Paul. You may have a Moses. You may have that inside of your family. Father, I've done everything you told me. Now, 